This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm here on the phone with uh, Mr. Mark Sinclair. You're based in Tainan, is that right? That's right, yes. And uh, you have a new website. You and a couple of partners have released a, a website called Life of Taiwan. That's right, inspired by Ang Lee's movie, Life of Pi. Okay. So we decided that we would use Pi on the word, the word Life of Pi, and create lifeoftaiwan.com, which is a website that we're hoping will help people to understand better the unique and beautiful culture of Taiwan and its people. Do you feel that Taiwan is a bit behind when it comes to promoting itself or putting itself out there? Uh, they haven't really done as good a job as they could have. I, I think you're right, and I think that it's not for not for not trying. I think that I think that sometimes when you're very close to something and you own it, it's hard to package it and sell it. And I think that the angle that the Tourism Bureau have gone for is very much selling the cities and selling night markets. Um, whereas I think to the to the Western, and, and that probably works very well for the for the Asian audience, for the Singapore, Japanese, China, Hong Kong. I think for the for the Western audience, I think there will be more value in promoting the culture. You know, the fact that this is I like to describe it as ancient ancient Chinese culture and a thriving democracy. Right. You've got that that great contrast of you know a, a culture that hasn't been affected by the, the Cultural Revolution, a culture that is very very traditional and conservative in many ways. Yes. Yet it's yet it's you know it's in this freedom there's freedom of speech there's democracy so that's a very interesting contrast a very unique one and I think that with the, to the Western audience if you can portray the the cultural side the temples the religion the, the, you know, the, the, it, I think Taiwan is one of the spiritually active places in the world and interesting I think it, yeah and I think it's very I think it's very attractive for people to, if they knew about that they would come and there's the Aboriginal culture there's the mountains, there's the wildlife, there's the beaches. And I think a lot of that stuff is the stuff that will resonate with, uh, with the Western market, in the U.S. and Europe, more so than, you know, the night markets or, or Ilingi, you know, which is a lot of, that's used a lot to promote Taiwan. So I think, there's a, I think the, branding, the branding can be tweaked somewhat. Right, and uh, I guess you're going to have to sort of tell more stories about Taiwan, because otherwise, you know, uh, a temple, just the name and the fact that it was built in, you know, XX year, that doesn't really have any attraction, right? You're going to have to kind of interpret the culture for these Western visitors. You're right. And I think, that, to me, it's not necessarily about a certain temple or, or why people go to that temple. I think it's more about the, the fact that no major decision in Taiwan is made without visiting the temple, you know, and without the... You know, without the, the, the traditions and customs that, that are so alive in this culture. It's true. Um, I've noticed that your website, I visited uh, a couple of days ago, is filled with just dozens of gorgeous images. Where did you get those pictures? Those pictures are all from Richard, who is an amazing photographer. And I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because I get so many compliments the website, and it's a bit embarrassing because I didn't really do much apart from I knew that Rich has just got these this amazing eye for photography, and he's very interested in very uh, he just takes really rich vivid pictures. And then I've got my other friend Steve, who 
is an amazing writer about Taiwan, about, you know, he's written books, he's been published about Taiwan, so I just called the guys together and I said, Rich, with your pictures and Steve, with your knowledge, you know, we can make a really, really nice website. Would you guys be interested in doing that? And they were. And so we, we put it together and, uh, you know, it was the, the design company, it was a UK company that put the design together and we tried to have an ethic and ethos of like, just very, very simple. So the, Pictures are there to stand out, and then the words are there to like sit back and be gently seen. And uh, the, the combination has made a really uh, aesthetically pleasing website to look at. And yeah, it's, advertising it's, on it. It's yeah. very clean. That's right. It's very clean, and people are writing in and they're saying, you know, they really appreciate the site. That they, you know, and so it's, it's, it's gone down well. And I put it down to the, the amazing photography. So yeah, Richard Matheson is is, is a brilliant photographer. Thanks for tuning in to Taiwan Talk. Check in tomorrow for more about life of Taiwan. Reporting for ICRT, I'm Eric Smith. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith and welcome to Taiwan Talk. Today I'm continuing a conversation with Mark Sinclair, a Tainan-based expat who together with a team of friends has created a new website called Life of Taiwan. Um, not long ago, you had a feature in the Taipei Times, and in that feature, you mentioned about uh, how, as long-term residents of Taiwan, we kind of take it for granted how easy it is to get around. We know the roads. We were comfortable, you know, exploring. But for a person who's just come in off the boat or off the plane, it isn't that easy, is it? It's not. It really isn't. And, and, and the point I made in the article was, you know, I, I arrived on this island by myself at the age of 18, you know, 20. 25 years ago, and it was, it was scary. It was scary then, and I don't honestly think that there's that much different today than then if I was to arrive. You know, there's, uh, it's, not, it's not like Thailand. In Thailand, I always say like a, a seven-year-old could travel Thailand. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's the services are just built, and it's very simple to get around, and you get, you get, you get to a place, and they, they introduce you to how to get to the next place, and get to the next place, and someone picks you up. You know, you just someone holds your hand the whole way around. And I think in Taiwan, if, if you were to come here, if you were just to arrive at the airport and say, okay, what am I going to do now? I think finding out what to do and where you were going to go would still be quite a challenge. Right, and that's not just because we don't have adequate signage or enough English everywhere. It's almost like a a fundamental issue with not having, not not thinking in terms of tourists. Is that what you mean? I think so, but but in many ways, Eric, this is part of the charm, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's true. It's true. People, yeah, when people go traveling, they want they want to experience and have an adventure. Um, so, I mean, to arrive in a country where there is very limited English, and you know, it's quite hard to get around. You know, there, there, there's there's an element of adventure and fun in that. At the same time, you need to make sure that people feel comfortable enough that they would actually fly here and, and, and take that adventure. So you need to make sure that the appeal is there and that the, the basics are in place, I guess. It may be that the Taiwan is just sort of a little bit late to the game because uh, back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I don't think Taiwan saw itself as a tourist destination. And, and, and that works both ways because not only did Taiwan not see itself as a tourist destination, it wasn't perceived as a tourist destination in the in the global market, was it? So, you know, if you if you, if you imagine when you were a child, your image of Taiwan would have been plastic goods, right? As, as as Japan was fifty years before that, and so that's what I'm talking about—the rebrand. And and I think in a lot of people's minds, it would be like Taiwan. I've heard of it. I'm not. 
exactly sure where it is. And if you can say to people, well, this is actually an incredible island, the third highest island mountains in the world, you know, blown up out of the Pacific Ocean, sitting right there under Japan above the Philippines, people will be like, oh, well, that sounds, that sounds nice. You know, and then, you, and then that's your lead in to, to describe the, you know, then you've got this incredible topography. And on top of that, you've got this incredible culture that's grown on there that's also very unique in, you know, in, its, in its mix. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little melting pot of its own, isn't it? Yes, it really is. And the, the, the one thing that's really working for Taiwan is that the people are just amazing. And they really are. And it sounds cheesy, but where any, anybody that, any of my friends or relatives or whoever comes to visit Taiwan, they leave here thinking, what an amazing place, what lovely people. So word of mouth will get out. And Taiwan sells itself to people once they get here. But they, they need a relative or they need a friend or they need a start to actually get through the, oh, my God, there's no English, I can't speak to people. Right. You know, to get through, which, is, of course, is getting better. I mean, the Taiwanese have invested lots and lots of money in, in their children's English and their own English. It is getting better. A lot of it is a confidence issue. Yes. It's not like people in Thailand can speak English, but they're prepared to say, have, have, go. You know, they're prepared to say the few sentences and words that, that get people around. So. Right. And of course, the Taiwanese, uh, the most majority of them are not relying on tourists for their income. So there's a bit of a, uh, a difference in their, their, their needs, right? That's correct. And you're absolutely right. Those people in Thailand, that's their business. So they, they, they learn every day and they're interacting every day to get the essentials down. Um, as you say, I mean, one of the great things about anyone that comes to Taiwan, they, will, they won't feel they're ever being cheated. They won't feel they're ever unsafe. You know, they're right. just filled with warmth of, of the Taiwanese people as they travel around. So that will, that will snowball as people come here, have pleasant experiences and tell their friends about it. And then more people will come. I, don't, I think Taiwan has very, very few um, unsatisfied international guests. And the other, the other aspect, aspect that the, Bureau, the Tourism Bureau can look at is there's a lot of business people coming to Taiwan, and they have positive experiences as well. They come to a two, to two or three-day show. Those people can be persuaded to stay for another two or three days or come back with their families. I think that's an area that the government can look at. Interesting. The people that have, have come here, they've touched down, they've had a pleasant experience, they realize it's safe, it's vibrant, it's, it's a very healthy culture and society, and then, you know, next time bring your family. Yeah, that's great. That's a great suggestion. All right, so the website is www.lifeoftaiwan.com. That's that- right. Wonderful. Well, thanks for uh, helping promote Taiwan as a, a one long-term resident to another. Shishia. Anybody that can go to the website, please give us your feedback. Eric, thanks for your time, and, and the best of luck with everything. Reporting for ICRT's Taiwan Talk, I'm Eric Smith.